we're talking about Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Sometimes you've heard it say the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we just say Spirit, right? Like on our sign it says Spirit lead, you know. So the way you know which spirit we're talking about is this capital S always. Okay, that's how we punctuate to say we're talking about like the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. But when we say Spirit, we have no clue what we're saying. Like we just walk around saying Spirit. I was going to, guys. I wish my mind, by the way, works much better than my ability to make technology work for me because I wanted to get my bleeper that I used on my video. And every time I said spirit for the first five minutes, I was just going to go, you don't know spirit, beep, beep, and keep bleeping it like that so you could really get the idea of this because when we say it, we have no clue what we're talking about, half of us. If I right now, if we took a poll, reach under your chairs. No, I'm just kidding. If we took a poll and, and you, you answered it, I guarantee you there would be like, 30, 30, 30% of different explanations and everything like that as to what we would say it is, how we would say it worked. We're going to have people over here saying it's a part of the triune Godhead, and that's going to be your Trinitarian belief. You're going to have people say, no, 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 it's all, it's all one thing. And some people are going to say, it's Casper. Like, you're going to get all kinds of answers, okay? It's going to be all over the place. So we don't really know what we're talking about. And my intent today is to try to just shed a little bit of light, kind of a, a broad stroke to say, this is, this is what we're talking about, kind of, a, kind of a focus pinpoint light on it. And if you're not aware, all of Scripture is really about the Holy Spirit. All of it is really about the Holy Spirit. Now before, again, remember, listen to all of it, because I already hear some of your thoughts. God gave me mental telepathy right now, so I could hear your thoughts. I'm just kidding. Y'all are like, does he really think that? No. Because I hear somebody saying, no, it's all about Jesus. And I would say, listen to everything that I am going to say. Now, we sometimes, who, who can, I, can I have a show of hand? Where are my Pentecostals at? Oh, you came to the right church. Okay. <laughs> so, but us, us Pentecostals, we typically go, we don't like Holy Spirit. It seems too reserved. So we say, Holy Ghost. But then you can't watch anything with ghosts in it. Don't get me started on that. But Holy Ghost. And we say, and that means you're going to speak in tongues, okay? Tongues are real. I'm not, I'm not bashing that. We're not talking about that today. Now we've got six more weeks to talk about just on that subject matter. But I'll read you a scripture just real quick, just because this is the, the prevailing theory. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 is Jesus getting ready to go into the wilderness right after his baptism. And it says, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, depending on your translation. And then he went into the wilderness. I see nowhere tongues is mentioned in that. I see nothing mentioned there. So there's just a little bit of proof that if you want to relegate down the thing that is the most important in all of humanity down to just one specific thing that God can do, you have just shrunk God and he might as well not be called God because he is much beyond that. He's much beyond prophecy. He's much beyond the little feeling good. He's beyond anything you could ever understand and imagine. And when you think you've got there, you're like at half a percent. Okay, so we have to understand we really don't know what we're talking about. And then the other thing is, is maybe because we don't know what we're talking about and we're all scared of it. Then we treat it like it's something to be censored. Like it's something explicit that we can't talk about. We, we don't really say that at work and we don't really talk about that at school. <laughs> talk about it in the middle of a church service. We've got a game plan here. Because by the third song, we're going to get that music sounding just right, and people are going to hit the floor because we're going to turn it up, or God's going to hit them. Something's going to hit them and knock them out. 
Y'all didn't know people tried that? Yes. <laughs> we, we, we treat it like it's, like it's something to be, you know, I, I looked up the word censored, like what it means to censor something. And censor literally means to make obscure or to not be able to see the full context of it. And that, by the way, is also what religion has done to the Spirit of God. It has obscured it, censored it, and made it to where you can't really get full view and understand who he is. But the other thing, I come from, from, a, from a smart home system background, technology, you know, and stuff like that. That's why my mind goes crazy with technology. I'm like, I can do this, but time says otherwise. I cannot do that. But I thought of this sensor. So we have sensors on doors, right? Who has an alarm system? Y'all need to get you an alarm system. Y'all know this data? Okay, who has a gun? That counts as an alarm system. There we go. Okay, so, so, but when you put an alarm system and you put a sensor on a door or on a window, I have one at our house, and, and I want to turn it off because it's really annoying. And every time a door opens, it goes, beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. And I have three little children that invite the entire neighborhood over. So my, all day it's just like, it sounds like I'm in U571 going, dook, 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 dook. <laughs> U571 is a story about German. Okay, Matthew McConaughey, okay, maybe our governor, whatever. Yeah, you just go watch it. Okay, so <laughs> I'm too much for all y'all. I see a lot of question marks. Okay. But it beeps. You want to know why? Because it's monitoring it. And that's how we treat the Spirit of God. We're okay with a little bit. We just want to monitor it. We just want to make sure it doesn't get too crazy. We just want to make sure it doesn't. And we, we, we censor it and we, and we obscure it. That was the whole point of this, by the way. This is what we do to, to the Spirit of God. Is we censor it. We think it's explicit. And we push it to the wayside. And you say, you can't. You, no, no, no. We'll just leave that alone. That's, that's too much, you know. That, that's too far this way. That's not enough. And we try to put it in boundaries. Because we don't really understand what we're talking about. And when we get grasp of what we're talking about, you wouldn't want to set a boundary on it one bit. So, I've got some, some, some scriptures and things that I want to share with you. So, I'm going to quote them off very quickly, some of them, because I'm just going to reference to them. Because I really only want to dive into about two scriptures today. When I quote them off, if I go too fast and you can't get them written down, y'all didn't know y'all came to school, get you out some pen and paper, iPhone, record something. Y'all need to take this stuff down because this is some life-changing stuff. I'm waiting. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to quote you a couple of scriptures. I will give them to you at the end. If you have questions and you need these scriptures, just come to me at the end, okay? First, what I want to describe is because there's two words here. We're okay with this word holy until we fully define it. Then we may not really like it. And then this word spirit. So we're going to define both of these words, okay? I'm going to give you the definition out of scripture, okay? All of scripture was not written in English. It was written in multiple other languages. Some people argue there could be up to seven different languages with, with, through, just through the 66 books that we currently use, okay? And I say currently use, it has changed over time. I'm not getting into the history of the Bible. But it was written in primarily two languages, Hebrew and Greek. Hebrew is Old Testament, Greek is New Testament, okay? So in these two languages, you have a word for holy in both, and they both mean the same thing, okay? And here's what it is. In, in Hebrew, the word holy is the word kadosh, kadosh, not skadoosh, like Kung Fu Panda, kadosh, okay? And the word in the Greek for holy is hagios. Both of these words mean the same thing, and this is what it means. It means to be set apart, like separated from. It's, it's separate. It's out here. It's not, it's not within the same thing. It's outside of that thing, okay? It also means to be dedicated, 
to be dedicated. That's the part of the holy that we not, because there's scriptures that say, be holy as I'm holy. That's like, be set apart and be dedicated. And uh, our word is commitment. And the most valuable commitment that we have in our day and age is the one that we struggle with the most. I'll leave that alone too. Okay, Jonathan, don't smile at me like that. Now, that's the word spirit, to be set apart or not to be within a thing, but to be outside of that thing and to be dedicated. Now, the word spirit in the Hebrew is the word, let's see if y'all remember from last week. Yeah, I got one student. I'm giving out grades at the end of this, okay? It's pass-fail. Like, <laughs> it's ruah is the word. And ruah is all throughout scripture. And ruah is, it literally means breath or life. Or wind, like the vitality. Everybody take a deep breath in. Just breathe the COVID-free air. <laughs> but you, you felt the breath, right? But also, you, you kind of get this, I don't know, this like vitality from it. And that's what they're trying to draw when the Hebrew said ruah. That's what they were trying to help you understand is that not just the breath itself, but the necessity of it. But the, 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 the actual, like the vitality that it has in it. Now, in the Greek, there's a word which we would probably be more familiar with for the word spirit. And that is the word pneuma, which is where we get the word pneumonia. Okay? And the word pneuma means breath or wind or, or, or life. It means the same thing. But most of us say, okay, cool. So it's a, it's a dedicated breath. It's a set-apart breath. It's like, you know, like, uh, it's still not helping me, Jared. I know, but I needed to help some people that felt like they were scholars. So there you go. There's just some information right there, okay? It's just for you, Ryan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know you can't get by without me griping at you. Okay. Uh, all right, so, but here's something we do got to understand right here with this. I want you can write this one down. You can quote me. The Spirit of God is set apart, and when you have it, it will set you apart. The Spirit of God is set apart, but when you have it, it will set you apart. Now, I'm going to go on a quick tangent. Everybody cool for a rabbit trail? Trust me, I'll tie it back together with our main point. What we think set apart means, especially all of us who's been in church more than twice. Most of you I've seen more than twice, okay? So, uh, so. Most of us, if you've, if you've ever heard, this is the generic thing that we hear. Set apart. Don't be like the world. It's got an H in there. World. Don't be like it. Don't look like it. Don't dress like it. Don't talk like it. Don't drink like it. I don't know how you smoke like it or not, but, you know, whatever all of the different scenarios are. This is what it means to be set apart. We need it to where people, when they look and they say, uh, uh, Brandy, can you come here real quick? I'll step down here with you. Set apart means what? She has long hair. She's a woman. I'm a man, right? We are set apart. And so what we do, because we're so naturally minded, we don't even have the spirit of God in the forefront of our mind. We say, set apart. Like, man, let's make it completely separate to where you can 100% tell I'm a man and she's a woman. I'm not going on the trans thing, y'all. I heard everybody, like everybody's thoughts just went, is he going there? I'm not even talking about that. See, you're so nice. Thank you. I was just trying to show a man and woman, and I pick on my wife all the time. So we are so naturally minded looking at the things right in front of us that we've taken the meaning of the word holy and set apart to say, well, let's just make it look right. Let's just make it look like we're different. Yeah, I, told, I was bringing it hard. Yeah, I'm ready. This I ain't pitching softballs this morning. 
It will be set apart and it will set you apart. But what it is referring to is your character, your demeanor, the life, the breath within you. And what we have done is we have said, can we just make it look pretty? Who's ever done a remodel? Who's ever got to a point in the remodel where you hit something and you were like, Holy Spirit, this is not what I intended. That happens every time I do anything because in my mind it's way simpler. I've, we dug into these bathrooms. I used this example last week and we found there was mold in there. So we had to dig it all out and cut out sheetrock. I mean, it became a much bigger deal. We just wanted it to look pretty. And that's what we do with our spiritual walk. We say, can we just make it look pretty? Can we just do and say the right things there? But what the Spirit of God does is I'm like breath. I'm that vitality. I'm right down inside there, and I need to change the way you react, the way you think. The things Jesus just, can I just, I'm going on a tangent here. I am so sorry, guys, but not really. Y'all think that Jesus came and set the bar lower. And I say y'all just generically. I'm not pinpointing. But all of us at, at times think, oh, like the law, it was so difficult. So Jesus said, made it easier. That dude set the bar higher. He said, if you're here, I'm here. They said, make sure you say and look the right way. He said, I'm talking about the things no one else knows but the Spirit of God down in there. And he says, that's the stuff I want to set apart. I want to take that stuff that you don't think anybody knows and sees that's down in there, those ugly thoughts you have. Am I getting too close to home this morning? Yeah, I am. Uh, and, and he wants to take all that and bring it to the surface and say, let me deal with it. Let me, let me heal that hurt. But what we want to do is say, Band-Aid it. Uh, I'm stuck on Band-Aid brand because uh, Band-Aid brand stuck on me. That Band-Aid brand is called religion, and we want to put it all over there and stuff like that. And the whole time we've censored the Spirit of God because we haven't dealt with the thing inside of us and said, all right, we have a saying here, victory and vulnerability. Leave it all out on the table. Let God deal with it. Well, what about what old people say? I know a thing or two. Post a sign outside your church. You find out real quick. <laughs> now, real quick, a few other scholarly things, and then we'll move on to the rest of it. This is not a New Testament thing. The Spirit of God is not a New Testament thing. Sorry about your bad luck. Sorry if you've been lied to. It is from the beginning to the end and everywhere in between, okay? Couple of pretexts for it. Literally, the, the word Holy Spirit occurs in the Old Testament together, not even just separately. It occurs together countless times, but I'll give you three. Psalms 51, 55. David's writing this, and he says, Do not let your Holy Spirit depart from me. Isaiah speaks about the Holy Spirit constantly, uh, Side note for all of you, uh, you know, your, your uh, what are those courses called that I didn't take? That, like the, the people who are smarter. College, yeah, sure, but no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pre-AP, that one. Like for all you pre-AP people, people here real quick. You want to know why Isaiah is talking about the Spirit of God a lot? Because he also talks about the man Jesus a lot. So kind of there. Okay. And uh, this is in Isaiah uh, 57, 15. And this is talking about, so that's just a little bit showing you. In the Old Testament, we have it. Now, we even have it all the way back at Genesis, which is where we're going to start. Because you're saying, Jared, you've said a whole lot. You've defined a whole lot of stuff. You've talked about how we censor it. But you still ain't told me what it is. Who could, who could answer what it is? None of us can. I can't even tell you what it is. You're like, well, what are we doing here? Attempting. Because that is the best we can do. Now, Here's a couple of pretexts. Here's how something we know when the Spirit of God is active. Genesis 1, 1. I love the book of Genesis, guys, specifically the first three chapters. The first three chapters, I think you could find every answer in life in the first three chapters of Genesis. Like, if you don't read any other else of your Bible, read that. 
Because when you read that, you begin to see a whole lot of the heart of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 opens with this. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And the evening and the morning were the first day. That's the first time we see the word spirit. That word spirit is ruah. Breath, life, vitality. You want to know how it's the Spirit of God speaking and the Spirit of God active in your life? Life will be brought to every situation because when the Spirit is there, something will be created. Let me say that all again. When the Spirit of God is active in your life, you will see life, you will see creativity. That is what happens when the Spirit of God is there. It creates things. So if you're looking in your life and you're saying everything ends in destruction, that is because there is no spirit in it. Honey, it's me and you tomorrow. I don't think no one's joining our live. We're going to be the first people to have zero on our live. Let me say that again. I don't think you're getting it. If you look, can I get more specific with you? If you look at a relationship in your life and you see destruction, there's no spirit. If you look at a situation at your job and you don't see life, there's no spirit in it. If you look at any aspect, any thought, and it ends in a destructive manner, you is, that is not the spirit of God. Yeah, I hit you too heavy, didn't I? I forgot to tell y'all, wear some, wear some helmet and shoulder pads this morning. All right, so we know the Spirit of God moves and creates. The next thing is, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we know that mankind is created with this Spirit, this Ruah, inside man. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, this is where it says, And God formed the man from the dust of the ground and Ruah into, and he became a what? Living soul. Again, showing us when the Spirit of God is present, life is there. Now, not just natural life, but full life. We studied some scriptures. Uh, we looked at Romans uh, chapter, one, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 on Wednesday in our, in our kind of discussion deep dive. And we looked at the, at the thing that, that, that said when it says to, to be not transformed, right? To present your body in a living sacrifice. That's what it says in, in verse 1 right there of chapter 12. And it, literally, the word living means something that's even worth calling life. This is what happens when the Spirit is there. And we know that it creates, and we know it was within us at the beginning. Okay? It was in each and every person at the beginning. Now, if you go through the next few chapters, we see that we kind of did this. Everybody take a deep breath. And I want you to let every ounce of oxygen out that you can. Just... You're not doing it. That's what we did at the beginning. We said, I don't want this life. I don't want this breath. I don't want this thing. Just, <gasps> and we got rid of it. That's what we commonly refer to as the fall of man. We said, that spirit, I don't want that. The whole journey for the rest of the scripture is how we got it back. And that's where we're going to dive into the last thing. But, but, but so I can give you a full pretext, I got I, I really prayed and meditated and said, God, how can I describe your spirit? 
in one sentence, which is impossible, by the way, but I tried. But this is the best way I can think I could help you understand when we say spirit lead, when we say the spirit of God, when we say Holy Spirit, this is really what we're trying to say, I think, or what we should be trying to say. It is the expression. Does anybody know what an expression is? It is the expression. It is like the, 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 the end result, the, the thing you see, right? Y'all got all the emojis, whatnot. Those are all facial expressions to show something that is behind the curtain, so to speak, right? It is the expression of God on this earth. Anytime we are saying the spirit of God, we are saying it is the expression of God himself here on earth, in our lives, in our hearts, on the planet. It's the expression of that thing. But we have to understand, remember, it's set apart. It's outside of it, which means it's more to it than what you can understand. Can I do a little example for you? I, I was going to play this. Who's ever heard of Carl Sagan? No one in my generation has. Okay. <laughs> he used to do a lot of uh, TV shows, I think back in the, the 70s and, and 80s and whatnot like that. And he did this one illustration. It's more of a scientific thought. But man, when I heard it, I was like, that sounds just like how we understand God. So I'm going to tell it to you. I don't have the cool little illustration. But just imagine, okay, with me. Blue's Clues. We are looking for Blue's Clues. Let's imagine together, okay? Imagine we have Mr. and Mrs. Flat. They only know forward, backwards, left, and right. They're flat, just on a flat. Like if I had two pieces of paper on this, on this stage here, they're flat. They have no understanding of what up and down is. You couldn't even say it to them. They wouldn't even know what you're talking about because they have no perception of up and down. All they see is flat. If you could imagine, we're all like flat, okay? And you see nothing. You only, like, if someone came to you and said, hey, we're going to go up. Uh, what, what, what are you even talking about? Like, we can go left, we can go right, we can go forward, we can go backwards. That's all we can do. We can move in a room and out of a room, but there's no height to the room. Can y'all imagine that for a minute? That's all you understand. But then there's this, 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 uh, other object, and in, in the video, he uses an apple, okay? And you know the bottom of the apple, like where the bud is, it has the four dots, right? And, and he takes the apple, and he stamps it in some, in some uh, ink, and he says, now, if we are Mr. and Mrs. Flat, and we only know forward, backwards, left, and right, and the apple wants to come to Flatland, he wants to show Flatland something, and he comes to Flatland, and he puts the apple on the page, and removes the apple on the page. Because guess all that flatland can see? The four little dots. Because they can't see up. They can't see down. They have no clue of the rest of it. All they see is four little dots on the page. And Mr. and Mrs. Flat say, would you look at that odd thing? There's four little dots that always stay together and they move around like this, like this one thing. And isn't that odd? And then it just disappears. Where did it go? And then it appears again. And the apple, oh, like this is a weird story, I know, right? <laughs> but in the apple then kind of, you know, well, I want them to understand more. So the apple actually passes through Flatland. And now what they see is like the four little, or four little dots, and then they see like kind of this spherical circle get bigger and then get smaller, and then it just disappears again. And so they try to describe it to someone else. No, I'm telling you, these four little dots just like appeared out of nowhere. And then it like got really big and then it got really small. Like we don't know where it came from because all they know is forward, backwards, left and right. 
But then the apple says, Mr. and Mrs. Flat, I'm going to take you to the third dimension. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. And he picks up Mr. and Mrs. Flat, and they're floating above Flatland. And they're quite confused because when they look, they can see all of Flatland. They don't understand this. And they can see their friends, you know, traveling around and going to Ardent Church and saying, oh, man, why are they there so long on Easter? Don't they know they should be spending time with family? And they're all in Flatland, and they're floating down. And the apple describes to them then, this is what I'm talking about, up and down. It's this new thing. You can, like, go up and you can go down. Like, there's all this cool stuff. And they're like, whoa, I'm the king of the world. Sorry, I couldn't leave that reference out. And then he places Mr. and Mrs. Flat back in Flatland. And they go to their friends and their family and they say, guys, there's this new thing called up and down. And they're like, what? Like, yeah, like, we're tall. We're not like Ron. (laughs) There's height. There's all these things like that, that, that there is in that thing that, that was all weird shaping and stuff like that. It's actually this thing called an apple. And, and, it's, and it's like, and they try to describe it, but they can't because they only know forward, backwards, left and right. That is the spirit of God. It's like the apple. We're down here in flatland because, remember, he's set apart. He's outside of space and time. He's outside. He's much bigger than that. He's, he's in all of this other, and he's like, I'm expressing myself to who I am. And when we look at it, all we see is just parts, just little pieces, just little slivers of it here and there. And, and we, we, we try to describe it from inside of what we're trying to describe to other people. And at the end of the day, there's no words that could describe it. It's all about, I just need to, you just need to be there. You just need to see it. You just need to, to, to get it, this up and down thing. And that's the Spirit of God. When we say Spirit of God, we're saying it's the ink left on the paper. It's the, it's the residue of the fact that we see God in, in life, but we, I can't fully help you understand everything about who he is. And so we call it Holy Spirit. We call it Holy Spirit. The very life and vitality that, that, that we can't fully understand everything that it is. But we can see evidence of it. Some of these evidence that you can know if you have the Spirit of God, Galatians gives it to us this way, okay? Galatians 5.22. And the fruit of the Spirit is. The word fruit literally means produce, like the end result. So how you know if you understand up and down and you're no longer Mr. and Mrs. Flat. I know we would all like to get flat, but Mr. and Mrs. Flat is when you can say, here's here's, here's how I know I know up and down. Is that right there? It's Galatians 5.22. And then it even goes further because once you do that, remember how when the Spirit is present, that then we see life created, we see things happen. There's power. There's another thing called the gifts of the Spirit. This is in Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 starts to give us lists of these these gifts that come along with the Spirit. It's because it's the expression of God here on earth. It's the residue of it. And when we see it, it begins to create life. And that life begins to produce things in our hearts and in our lives. And then there's power that comes. But us sometimes as the church, we get it all kinds of mixed around and, and messed up and stuff like that. And, and, and we try to go after power before we've got the Spirit. Or we try to get the spirit and deny the power thereof, as another scripture says. Sometimes we say, 
again, all of us Pentecostals, I'm picking on us, but I'm, I, I, I can. I have authorization. God said I could. Because we say, ooh, tongues of fire and prophecy, and we're running all over here, and then we are the rudest, meanest people on the face of the cotton-picking earth. And people say, some power you got. First off, I've seen you say 50 billion things. We shouldn't have went live on Facebook, just being real. And we say, God showed me COVID and COVID and COVID, and God showed you everything, and then all you disappear because you were all wrong, because you didn't have the of God. You're just saying stuff. Y'all were waiting for it, weren't you? <laughs> get your mind out of the gutters and get some spirit. Because <laughs> you're just saying things. Because we didn't take thought. We didn't recraft our minds. We didn't back it up and say, do I even have the fruit to be able to, to show people, Mr. Apple? Do I even have that fruit? Instead, we just want the power because I like to be the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour of power. <laughs> right, Bryce. And God says, no, get my spirit. Then you'll start to see the production, the life, the vitality of it. Then the power will come. You can't jump to the end of power till we have the fruit. And you cannot have the fruit till we stop censoring the Spirit of God. Till we stop putting it in boxes in our lives and keep it over here and not over here. You know, the, this is a little bit of just Jared Vent Sunday too, guys. But I love the Spirit of God. You know the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life? Why do you guys talk about God all the time? <laughs> I haven't heard that in church, but after church, people always tell me that. That is the dumbest spirit that there is. Because if he is life, that's like saying, I want to live, but I want to not breathe. That's literally, that's why, I mean, these people, they may have been ancient people, but they were smart. They said, this is how important it is. What's the most important thing? Probably breathing. Wouldn't you say, yeah, I'd agree, breathing. Let's try it out. You don't breathe. Let's see. And they're like, yep, it's pretty important. Let's call God that. Let's help people understand him by that. And when you say, well, I, I just kind of leave, leave my religion at home. Well, leave religion at home, but bring the relationship. Bring the Spirit of God. If it is not breathing life into every aspect, if you don't look at a situation and twice check and triple, for me it's like 15 checks myself, before I respond to it, you're not producing Spirit. And we can never see the power thereof. It's only portions of it, though. This is only a part of it. Now my last little thing, y'all cool? I'm not, it's hot up here. My last little thing now is I feel like we kind of can get a better understanding of the Spirit of God and what we mean when we say it. So when we say Spirit lead, I want that expression to lead my every thought. I want that expression, that understanding to be the very thing that I make decisions off of. That's what I want to lead me. When we say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. We're saying that expression and all the craziness and the three, and the, uh, Mr. Apple, come on. Not the company. We're saying bring it and then let me produce it as well. But the question is how did we get it back? Right? We had it. Remember? Read that in Genesis. How did we get it back? God saw fit to give us a quite well way and I am going to just go there. I'm just let me can I quote these four verses, these four these four scriptures to you real quick and then just kind of tell you what they all say because if I read them all I'm going to get to I'm going to get to going. Luke 11:13. 13. 
Luke eleven thirteen, it just all tells us directly that God's desire is for you to have his spirit. It's Jesus talking right here, which means it's pretty important. And he says, we always quote the first part of this and, and leave the last part. We're pretty good at that. And it starts off with saying, you being evil, know how to give good gifts. Who's heard this part? But your heavenly father is much greater than that. You want to keep saying? He says, if any man asks for the Holy Spirit, God will give it. Y'all all thinking that he wants to give you a brand new car. No, he's like, I want to give you my spirit. I don't care about all that other stuff. He says, you asked for my spirit. In James, he goes so far as to say, here, look, are y'all ready for this? I'm about to drop it. Like, drop the mic. Take it off. Drop it, okay? Y'all want to know, who, who wants to know why your prayers haven't been answered? I mean, honestly, who's prayed prayers and they haven't been answered, and you want to know why your prayers haven't been answered? I'm about to tell you right now. James tells you. James says, you pray and ask amiss because you pray out of your own desires. Wait, wait, one heart, one mind, one desire, and yeah, it's because it's in the wrong spirit. The wrong fruit. And he says, hey, you pray and ask him this and you don't get it because you don't know my will. You don't know my plan. You don't know my purpose. You don't know my Holy Spirit. That's the answer. All y'all trying to, I mean, there's people that literally might as well be doing mathematics to try to figure out how to make sure you get every prayer answered. And it's simple. It's so simple. Have the Spirit of God, the expression of God leading and guiding, and he will show you and he will direct your path. That's how other scriptures say it. Got all kinds of out of order. John 14, 16. John 14, 26. So John 14, 16, John 14, 26, and John 16, 7. These are all. John speaks about this quite well. I like the way John puts it. All of the other gospels also say it as well. Okay? But this, I, I just like, John kind of is to the point for me. You know, I, I, he doesn't beat around the bush. He's just like jugular. We're going for it. And this, this is Jesus. They're recording Jesus talking. And he says that I must go. It's good that I go. Because all the disciples said, no, 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 stay with us. Like, you know, this is fun. This is cool. Let's stay here. And he says, no, 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 it's good that I go. Because if I don't go, the comforter will not come. And then he goes on and says, just, just in case you guys don't know who the comforter is, he says, which is the Holy Spirit. The very thing that you read earlier that it says Jesus was filled with, he says, I'm about to pour this spirit out. So he says, it's good that I go. And he says, this comforter will come when I go, and I will send another comforter. And this is the part I'm going to face this way. Because I don't want to see y'all's faces. Some of y'all are so caught up. Jesus didn't say he was always the comforter. He said there's another one. Yep, I thought that was going to be the resounding answer. Jesus said, I'm going to send another. He didn't say that, hey, I'm going to always be your comforter. He says, I got another one. It's the very thing that you got. You, it's the very thing you like about me. Everything about me that you really like, I'm about to give it to you. It's going to be yours. Paid for. You, you don't even have to pay the car payment. Since y'all all want to think about, you know, natural things. He didn't say. He said, I'll send another one. And then he goes on to describe it in other areas. And he says, it will be with you. And you'll do greater. Taryn even quoted it. It says, you'll do more and greater works than me because I'm going to, the very thing of who I am, I'm just going to stick it right there inside you. 
That's too much for y'all. This was God's plan. This is the importance of the person of Christ. It's because, I am going to say it. I told you, I'm going to take people off, Mimi. Y'all like the wonderful cross. You know how people died on the cross? The cross is, yes, important to understand the sacrifice. But there's so much more than that. If all he did was die on the cross, all you're doing is where You know there was like 500 other people that said they were a Messiah before Jesus and after Jesus. Are you aware of that? Tons of people running around and saying, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Messiah. And then they all got killed. And guess what? They all still dead. You don't even know a single one of their names. So if you have some theological issues with, well, I don't know if Jesus was even real. Like, real, theolo- real scholars, even scientists, real ones, don't even debate that there was a man named Jesus who died on the cross. If you can't even understand that, and you want to say, well, that was the important thing. No. The important thing is what this day represents and celebrates is that that spirit, that life, that vitality, that expression was so apparent in his life that literally... When he died, that life of vitality said, ain't done yet. Amen. That's the importance. Now, here's this next part of, of theology here real quick, okay? And then I got my last little thing. And one more thing. I get excited. Y'all aren't getting excited with me. I'm sorry. Take a breath. When we see this scripture, I'm going to give these to you. I'm going to leave you on, I may not leave you on a cliffhanger, sort of a cliffhanger. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now go back to Genesis. When man gets rid of the Spirit of God, God says, I can't let you continue to live in that state because it's, it's like a fish out of water. You, you, it's not even worth calling life. I got to protect you. All you guys see your flannel boards with, with God with a whip and like getting you out of the Garden of Eden. That's not how it was. If you read it, it says that he clothed them. He guided them out and he's protected. And you know what it says? It says he protected, and be very careful with your words right here. It says he protected the way of the tree of life. And if you look at those two words way there, it literally means a mode of action. So all y'all want to run around saying he is the only way, and you ain't in any mode of action that Jesus was in. I'm throwing myself right there with you. I ain't saying I'm also holy. Do I need to say that one again? He says, I am that way, that truth, that life. And you cannot understand the Father, the Spirit of God, but by doing it the way that I did it. And we go all the way back to Genesis, which was written, give or take, about 6,000 years before, somewhere in that general range, depending on how much you want to argue. And it says that God said, i got to protect this way, because in your current state, you're going you're to screw it up. He said, so I'm going to protect it, and I'm going to show it to you. And he said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a person that can show it to you. He's going to show you that way, that truth, and that life. And that is the only way that my spirit can live in you. And you want to know Jesus' way? It's pretty simple. It's called humility. 
We see it in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's praying right before. This was during his Passion Week. And he says, take this cup from me. I don't want to do this. This is showing you the man part of this guy. And he's saying, I do not want to do this. And he said, but if it's your will, then I will. And we can't even say if it's your will to stay in church a little long. Okay. He said to the nth degree, this was something that came up in my, my a conversation just the other night with, with my pumpkin. That's an inside joke. You won't get it. I was having a conversation, and in the middle of that, the, the Holy Spirit was there because we were talking, and something came to mind that I think we could all start to do with sometimes to, to undergirth our faith. If you don't even agree, and y'all are, y'all, this is about to, I mean, we're going again. If you don't even agree that he rose again, that's fine. Let's just say that you don't for a minute. Let's say you don't believe he's the son of God for a minute. Just for a minute. Maybe two, because I talk a little long. Let's just say, can we at least start to agree to look at somebody to say, just the fact that he had that kind of hope and love to say, I don't even know. Like, it's your will. Like, let's just imagine he's just a person. And he's going to go through this just because he thinks it may help you. I'm sorry. If I knew for a fact by killing my son, you were going to make it, you're dead. I'm not even thinking about it. And that's knowing a fact. Sometimes we have to back it up. My voice does get higher the more excited I get. We have to understand this fact. If we can at least look at it in that and say, that's the level of love that the Spirit of God is. If you want to throw away all the other stuff, you can even observe that. Then when you start to couple the evidence and the understanding as to who he really is, then you start to understand the true heart of God. Then you start to understand the Holy Spirit. Then you start to understand that expression and why it says that it grieves the Holy Spirit when he looks. That's why we sing the songs about the reckless love. That's why we sing the songs about leaving the 99 for the one. Because that's the expression. That's the expression Christ gave us. It was the apple passing all the way through flatland and showing you as much as it possibly could and saying, and, and, and you still can't get it. That's the Holy Spirit. Then we see the produce of it. Then we can have the power. Remember I said the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When we're saying your will be done, remember I, I read it to you in Luke. Luke 11 says the will of God is for all to have the Spirit. Jesus, his last thing in Acts, if y'all didn't know, Jesus also spoke outside the four Gospels. In the book of Acts, we have a little bit recorded of him saying, and he says, here's what's going to happen. That comforter I told you about, that other one that's going to come and is going to fill you up, it's about to happen. And it's going to happen once I leave. And what I need you to do is go and wait for it, and then it will come. And it only came when there was unity. And that was what Taryn was speaking about when she said all of the, all of the backs and forths and all of the t- tearing apart that, that things are trying to happen in our lives. Because if, 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 if the enemy, your mind, and the actual spiritual enemy can get you to not agree with the person beside you, no Holy Spirit. It'll be there, but it'll just be dead. Just kind of there. 
kind of like some of you are, you know, like on a Friday evening when you get home from work, you're just there. He says, I need unity. I need you to get into the way that Christ was. He put us in that right standing. And he said, now, walk in it. Get in that mode of action.